Well, that's going to be a happy meeting. Uh, it's not going to be very long, and we're going to be meeting up yeah, there. Right. Uh, it seems like a long time down here. We've got a few years or a few decades or however long it might be, but really in the span of eternity, it's, that meeting is going to happen fairly quickly. It's, gonna, it's like a morning snap. Solomon called it like a vapor. That just passes through, and before you know it, life is over. That's right. And it's time to spend eternity up there. And really, the question is, oh, brother, what are you going to do? That's right. What are you going to do? Amen. Now, I, I can't make your decision for you. If I could, I would. Yes. And you can't make the decision for me, because I know you, Brother Tim, if you could, you would. Yes. But, brother, sister, I don't know about you. But I gotta go. Yes, right. amen. I, I, I don't know what what problems you've got that might trip you up, but I've got to make it. Amen. Right. Amen. And and I don't know what what might befall you to cause you not to go or to lose your joy or to lose your faith. But right. I gotta go. Amen. Right. And if I gotta go, and ain't nobody going with me, I still gotta go. Yes. Right. Because the Bible says that as sure as we shall die, it says we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ yes. and give an account for the deeds done in the body, whether they be good or evil. And we will be judged according to that. Yes. Uh, I was talking with somebody earlier this week and they asked me a question about an opinion I had. They made an assumption about an opinion I had. I said, well, did I tell you I felt that way? They said, no, I just assumed you did. I said, well, don't ever assume anything about somebody's opinion because you don't know unless you've been told. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. When I, I take my opinions very seriously because I've held opinions that were formulated by other people before. And that happens in, as you're a young person. You know, you're formulating how you think and how you operate and how you feel. And, and you naturally are influenced by other people. And, and I've been led astray before. And felt some things that the Lord showed me later. That ain't right. You ought not to feel that way about that issue or that thing or that person or whatever the case might be. So I've learned the hard way through the school of hard knocks, Brother Tim, that you better base all your feelings and opinions on the Word of God. Because I believe I'm going to give an account for them. I believe I'm going to give an account for everything I do. Now, some folks think that that's just living a little too close to the line. Folks, we got to live close to the line. That's the only way we're going to make it. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? If the righteous are going to scarcely get in, it is a close walk. It's a close walk. Well, I'm glad to be here this morning. I'm glad to see every one of y'all. I'm just so happy and uh, Sister Wanda Sue Gore in Jemison would say, I'm just so proud to see you. And uh, I always thought that was a funny turn of phrase. But when I see our folks and I see God's people, I am proud to see you. Amen. And I'm proud to be with you. Uh, and uh, I told Dad and Mom last night, all these markings give new meaning to having standing room among sanctified people. Right. Like our old folks used to say. <laughs> it redefines what standing room means, don't it? Well, I'm still glad to be here. Uh, I want to read you a verse. Let me get into the word. Sixth chapter of 1 Timothy. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Amen. Fight 
the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. Well, he says to do three things. He says to flee, to follow, and to fight. Yes, he does. Amen. That's three very important things that you got to do in order to be successful in your sanctified life. You first have to flee all the things that are ungodly. All the things that are contrary to the will of God. All things that are contrary to what His plan is for your life. What His will is for your life. That are contrary to the lifestyle of holiness. That's a righteous life. That's what righteousness means. And says flee these things. You got to first flee these things. And I love that he didn't enumerate what these things are in this verse. Uh, He does it in other places. And it's okay to name the things sometimes. Because you need to call the devil out on his evil. It's important to call the devil out on his foolishness. Because he'll try to mess you up and fudge the, 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 the edges and blur the lines and you don't really know what's, what's good and what's over the line to be bad and all that. But it's okay to call the devil out on his evil and say, that ain't right. The Lord abhors that. He hates that. So we've got to flee these things. And then we've got to follow what's good. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Some of these are fruits of the Spirit. Okay? And then he says, fight the good fight of faith. He didn't say, fight the good fight of Brian. No, he didn't. Or fight the good fight of Becky. He said, fight the good fight of faith. That's kind of what's been churning over in my head. Uh, because faith is a funny thing. <clears throat> you cannot come to God without faith. Right. Hebrews 11 says... He that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you not only have to believe in the person and the spirit of God, but you got to believe in the power of God in order to approach him, in order to have a conversation with him, in order for you to repent of your sins and to find salvation. So we have to, and it says that faith justifies us. Paul said that. Faith justifieth. So we're justified by faith. It also says that faith can save us. So faith is a powerful thing. But this verse here says that faith fights for us. This is the fight of faith, folks, that we are in the middle of. Whatever you're in the middle of tonight, this morning, you're in a fight of faith. If you're not sanctified, this is a fight of faith. You are fighting the lack of your faith. You are fighting the weakness of faith in your life. That's true. You are fighting the minimal amount measure of faith that you have been given. And it is obviously not enough to help you cross over into, into Canaan. Yeah. Canaan land. Into a state of belief yeah. where you believe to the saving of your soul. If you are sanctified, if you do have the Spirit of God, there are situations I know you are dealing with today whether it's about your health whether it's about your wealth whether it's about relationships whether it's about your job whether it's about your inner turmoil the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life these are not of the father but they are of the world these are things that beset us on every hand they are things that come upon us every day they are thrown at us the ephesians 6 calls it the darts 
of the wicked. They're fiery darts and they are shot at us over and over and over again trying to find a weak spot, trying to find a place without armor, trying to find a place with no protection until eventually it finds that little niche where you've got some part of your spirit that faith is not protecting because we haven't let faith fight for us. Faith is an active thing and we can let it work for us. So, the shield of faith that Ephesians 6 tells us about is a weapon. That's why we can say it fights for us. Because when I have a shield in the midst of battle, it might be a defensive weapon, but it is doing some active protection. protection. It is fighting for me. It is doing what I cannot do for myself. That's what faith does. It quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. Yes, it does. It quenches them. So, there are some things that faith fights, and I'm going to read you some examples. And I, I ain't got much time, but we'll see how, how far I get. I got a lot going on in my head. Y'all pray for me. So, faith fights fear. We've talked about a bunch of that in Bible study and different things lately. Faith fights fear. Fear is a powerful thing. It, it paralyzes people. When they talk about all the different phobias that are out there, all these psychologists give them names for arachnophobia, the fear of spiders, and agoraphobia, going out in public, and all kinds of phobias, this, that, and the other. People fear everything. If you let Satan take over your life, he'll make you fear everything. He wants to paralyze you because the lack of fear is a walk of faith. And Satan does not like faith. He doesn't like it. So... Faith fights fear. And we oftentimes get too complicated with what faith can do in our life. We like to put qualifiers on it. We like to, well, what about this? And well, this and that. We can easily be removed, Paul said, from the simplicity that is in Christ. This is not complicated, folks. This is not complicated. We overcomplicate it. Satan wants us to confuse it. God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. And the simplicity of the gospel brings peace in our life. Because it settles all the confusing questions of life. What does, why am I here? What is, it, what is my purpose in life? What am I going to do about a mate? What am I going to do about this? What am I going to, all of those things bring confusion and they bring turmoil when we start to worry and be concerned about things we can't control. That's right. But God is the author of peace. And when we come into Christ, he brings peace. Peace I leave with you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you, but let not your heart be troubled. I've given you peace. Peace. Sweet peace that the world never gives. So there is simplicity. And I want to urge you and challenge you this morning to go back to the simplicity of the gospel. Cling to the simplicity that is in Christ. Don't overcomplicate your walk. He hasn't asked you to be a great theologian in order to be successful. What he has asked you to do is to have faith. He said, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will be cast into the sea. Amen. Now, in order, I read about this man, uh, little little, uh, poor man in in Africa that found a big old mineral. I can't remember what it's called. 
big old rock, just looks like a rock. And he was holding it up, and it was worth like $2 million. And he just found it digging in his backyard. And I thought to myself, now isn't that something? They go out there to Africa, and they got all these diamond mines and ruby mines and all the, you know, there's a lot of minerals out there. They dig and dig and dig, and that man just found it in his backyard. In his backyard. But he, he was digging for it. He wasn't digging for that, but he was digging. And you know, that gold that sits in the earth, it ain't worth nothing till you dig down and get to it. That's right. You got to move dirt to get to the gold. And the same is true when we're dealing with our faith. We've got to move some dirt in order to get the gold. Yes. You got to get past the junk that's in your way. And what stands in the way of faith? Doubt. Doubt is what stands in the way of faith. That's the dirt in your life that prevents you from stepping out in faith and claiming the promises of God. When folks come to the altar and they're struggling and they're struggling and they're struggling, we often tell them, you just need to step out in faith, honey. That's right. You just need to claim it in faith. Well, what we're telling them is you've got to get rid of the junk, the doubt. The, 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 the worry and the concern right. and all that is is a lack of faith. Right. You've got to get rid of that in order to claim the promise of God. Amen. Faith is not valuable to you until you get a hold of it. Right. It can be sitting over there looking as pretty as wonderful. I can see faith in all of you, but it ain't going to do me any good until I claim it for myself. Right. And know it for myself. But I've got to get rid of the dirt and dig down to it and get, get into it. <clears throat> so, so, you know, sometimes we go to the, I go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to say I. I don't like to say we because y'all may not have this experience, but I have. I've knelt in prayer and prayed and prayed and prayed and then nothing happened. And I just, I pacified myself by telling myself, well, it's just not the time. It's not time. Maybe it's not the Lord's time. And well, maybe it's not. But do you know, I realized recently that sometimes the things I'm walking around worrying about, well, what about this? Well, I don't know about this. Well, Lord, I, I just don't know about this. How am I going to fix this? How am I going to solve this? And then I get down on my knees and I say, Lord, what about this? And Lord, I don't know about this. Right. I'm doing nothing but worrying on my knees the right. same as I was worrying while I was walking. Right. That's not prayer. Right. That ain't doing nothing but trying to get credit for getting on my knees. And the Lord wants us to get down and move away all the doubt, move away all the insecurities, move away all the worries, move away all the concerns, and start to dig down into my prayer life and get the goal of faith that's there waiting for me if I will claim it. Yes. Wrestle with it. Don't let go of it. you got to get down into it. Hebrews in the fifth chapter says that your senses might be exercised. You've got to exercise your faith like you do your muscles. Right? The barbells don't do nothing for you. It's you doing something to them. Right? That works the muscles. Barbell ain't doing you no good laying on the floor. I'm proof of that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> someone talked, I talked to someone the other day. They said, I read in, about the man with the talents. And it said the man that had 30 talents, it said that he told the master when he came back, he said, you didn't do anything with these talents. You didn't grow no talents. He said, what would you do? He said, I was afraid. I was scared and I buried it. That's the same way that we operate in faith. If we don't do anything but hold on to what, we, what that little measure we've got and we don't grow it, 
It can't work for us. It can't fight for us. It can't do the things that we need it to do. So faith fights fear. It fights your feelings. Faith fights your feelings. You know, your feelings are deceptive. If you, you ain't going to heaven on feelings. You better not be relying on feelings. Feelings don't save you. Feelings don't save you. No, that's right. Because you can get up one morning, I just don't feel good. The body has that. It goes up and down. And you feel better some days than you do the others. If I went, if I served God based on my feeling, how I was feeling when I woke up, I'd be a weak Christian. But you got to serve God based on determination. Based on faith that it don't matter what I'm feeling today, I'm going through no matter what. Amen. Can't fight, can't fight your uh, demons and the devils in your life based on your feelings. No. no. Well, I don't feel like going to church. Well, go anyway. There's day, there's days nobody feels up to doing extra. You just want to go home. But you know what? Uncle Ray said you never miss a bad meeting. Right. I haven't missed one yet. A bad meeting. Everyone I've missed was good. I should have been there. I was watching a camp meeting DVD the other day. And I said, where am I? I couldn't find myself. It was a good meeting. I knew I had to be shouting somewhere. I couldn't find myself on that tape to save my life. I don't know where I was that day. And shame on me. I missed a good meeting. That was a good song. I'd have loved to have shouted on that song. But I wasn't there. All right. So, faith fights our feelings. Noah, <laughs> I thought about Noah. Noah was in the boat, shut up with a bunch of animals, right. locked in, and one window that had to be closed. Now, you know that boat stunk. Right. That was a stinky place. That was a stinky place. For 40 days, yeah. Brother Tommy, 40 days and 40 nights, he had to live with that stink. All them cows mooing and bellowing and all that mess. You know he didn't feel like being in the ark. But you know what? It was better than being on the outside in the storm. It was the best thing floating. He didn't argue when the Lord said, get in the ark and shut the door. He said, yes, sir. And he climbed right on in. Sometimes you've got to do what God's pointing you to do, even when you don't feel like it. You've got to step out in faith and trust him that he's going to bring it to pass. Faith fights facts. Sometimes the facts aren't on your side. Brother Johnny went to the doctor, and they told him, you've got cancer. You've got a big old lump. That was the facts. And we prayed with Brother Johnny, didn't we? Y'all were there. And he'd come back, and the doctor said, I don't know what happened to that thing. It was gone. Faith fights facts sometimes. I'm dealing with something right now. There's a lot of facts going on. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. No. But you know what? God wants me to have faith in spite of the facts that I do know. The walls of Jericho were so high. The facts said, you ain't going to tear this wall down. They went marching around the wall with a sheep's horn. Have you ever heard one of them things blow? They are annoying. They do not sound good. Yeah, a little bit louder than that, but yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's awful. And they went around, the facts were against them. 
Moses stood by the Red Sea and there was no way to get across. No. The facts were against him. That's right. And the Lord said, stick out your rod. Right. What's that going to do except stir some water up? That's right. But he stuck out his rod in faith right. and God parted the, God parted the waters. Right. They were in the wilderness and they had no water and God said, strike the rock. Right. You do that regular, normal times and all you're going to do is break your stick. But he struck the rock and the facts changed because God stepped in. And with men, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible to him that believeth. That's the key. To him that believeth. So, can't go based on your feelings. I don't feel like going to work tomorrow. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I want to keep my job. It's dependent on my livelihood. It's putting food on my table. It's putting a roof over my head. It's keeping me from day to day. It's giving me insurance. I got a good job. You know what? If I treated my faith like that, yeah, you lose your faith too. Well, I just don't feel like reading the word. Well, guess what? Reading the word is your food. Yes, it is. It's putting food on your table. Yes, it is. It's your insurance against the bad times. Yes, it is. Amen. It's everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. You better not go based on your feelings. It is a weapon. Faith fights fatalism. Y'all know what fatalism is? It's this belief that things can't be changed. Well, it just, it is what it is. That's a fatalistic attitude. It is. It is. Well, it just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's just, that's just the way things are and they're just not going to change. Right. And, and, and you can go based on that. I read in Acts last week and it said that Paul got irritated with John Mark. John Mark wasn't doing what he was wanting to be doing. Right. And so Barnabas said, send him to me. Right. right? Barnabas was called the son of consolation. Right. You know what consolation is? It's encouragement. And John Mark stayed with Barnabas. And later on down, Paul says in another place, he says, send me John Mark because he's profitable. He stayed around with Barnabas long enough. Barnabas said, you know what? You ain't doing so hot right now. Maybe you are a little weak, Brother John Mark, but just hang in there. It'll be okay. Just dig into the word. Just have a little faith. Just work your faith. Work your. You know the apostles in the book of Acts didn't have the book of Acts? That's right. They didn't. To go read and say, look what God did. Look what God, look what God did here for Paul. Look what God did here for Paul and Silas. All these things. All they had to do was say, look what God is doing. Right. Are we saying that? Are we basing everything we have on all these past experiences? Or can we also look around and say, look what God is doing here. Look what God is doing for you. Look what God is doing for you. Look what God is doing for you. And for you and for you. And having faith based on what God is currently doing. Instead of only relying on what God used to do and saying, well, that's the apostles. That's the book of Acts. You know, we don't, it ain't like that no more. Or how some of our old, some of our folks say now, well, our old folks just had, they just had the power. Right. You know, they just, I just love, we, we don't sanction like the old folks did. No, we don't. And we don't. No. 
And we don't, we don't, we're not free in the spirit like the old folks were. And we aren't. And, and we don't throw down preaching like the old folks did. And we don't. And what that is is a fatalistic attitude. Well, it's just not like that anymore. Times are changed. Times are different. Folks, my, my Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That He doesn't change. And the power of God is just, we sing that song, the power of God is just the same today. So do we believe it? Do we believe it? Do we believe that if I lay my child down on the altar, that yes, I might have to kill him, but God can raise him from the dead? That's why Abraham's called the father of faith, because he believed it anyway. And you know what? He told Isaac going up the mountain that God would provide a sacrifice. He didn't tell him once he got up there and was looking around. He was on the way. He was on the way to kill him. And you know, sometimes you've got to do that too. You're walking, you're stepping, and you don't know what's going to happen when you get to the end. But you say, God's going to provide. I don't know how, but God's going to provide. He told me to go here, so I'm going, but God's going to provide. That is walking in faith. Amen. That's fighting in faith. Amen. <clears throat> when you don't understand the present situation, you need to trust God's history. Amen. Amen. Maybe you haven't seen God working in your life lately. I don't know. But if he hadn't, if you ain't seen it, you need to trust the history of God's record. Yes. He's left it on record. Yes, he has. So even if you can't point to what he's doing in your life now, you can point to what he has done. That's right. He's able. That's right. As that day is, so shall thy strength be. Amen. That day. Day demands. I, I, I can't serve God based on tomorrow. Right? Because right? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I can, as, the, as today is, so shall thy strength be. Right. He can give me strength for today. Yes, he can. Uh, I was going somewhere. I had, I, you know, when I worked way out in the country and I had to go to, to a meeting and it was somewhere I'd never been. And I, so I put it in my GPS. And all it was showing me was. Was where I was. And, and the line went up here. And I wanted to see where I was going. You know. And I would try to expand the map. And see where I was going. It kept pointing me back to where I was. You know faith operates a lot like that don't it? Yeah, it does. You know faith is our map. But it don't show you the whole atlas. I wish we could know the whole atlas sometimes. I wish I could know what the end is. If we knew the end. What do you need faith for? You already know the end of the story. Yeah. But you know what? Faith is belief and trust in the middle of the unknown. That's right. Yes, it is. So, we got to fight the good fight. We got to fight the good fight. That's why Paul said it. Paul told Timothy it's a good fight because Paul knew the end. Yeah. You know, Paul was at the end when he wrote that to Timothy. He already knew what the end was. He'd already, you know, everything was in the past tense for him. You know, but really and truly, if you go read the back of the book, you know what the end is. The end is walls of jasper right. and streets of gold and gates of pearl and 12 of them and, and all the stones and the, and the mansions that he's prepared. That's what the end is. Tree of, yeah. tree of life. Because that's what he's prepared for them that love him. Amen. That's the end. Really, that's the only end that matters. That's the only end that counts. Yes, it is. If, if something goes, doesn't go my way, it really don't matter. 
Because the end of my faith, the end of my faith is a home in heaven. Right. Well, I've talked too long. I've got to cut off half of what I'm going to say. That's okay. <clears throat> I was reading in the Old Testament. I'll just give you a, a, a snippet of it. I was reading in the Old Testament, and uh, when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, they came to a desert area. And the Lord told Moses, I'm going, I'm going to give you a well in the middle of the desert. That's quite a promise. It is. You ever been out in the in the desert or even seen the desert? There ain't no wells popping around there. That's why it's called a desert. There's no water. And the very next verse says that the people started to sing to the ground. I'd never read that before. They started to sing to the desert. And it says the leaders and the princes and the, 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 the priests started to sing, sing to the desert. Oh, desert, give us your water. They started praising God before he did the work. They were singing to the problem. How about that? They were singing to the problem. Sometimes we've got to do that. Yeah, Amen. Isaiah 54, I'm going to read this and I'll be done. I could go a whole nother hour. Yeah. I could stay a whole nother hour. <laughs> <laughs> Hope y'all ain't hungry. Yeah. What do we got to do today? Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren. Oh, bless the Lord. O barren? Yes. Yeah. He didn't say sing, O happy. Right. Sing, O blessed. Sing, O wealthy in right. God. Sing, O you who are so strong and, and you have all things for your life. He said, sing, O barren. Yeah. What is someone who is barren? A woman who is barren like Hannah, right. like Elizabeth, is someone who has a desire for something to be birthed in her life. In that case, a child. But it has not been allowed to be a reality. She is barren. It is a wasteland. It is unfruitful. Right. You ever been there? Yes. Where whatever you're praying for ain't a reality. Right. Whatever you're hoping for isn't made manifest in your life. Yeah, it feels barren. It does feel barren. Yes. And he says, sing. Sing. Well, I'm barren. What do I got to sing about? I don't got anything. I'm barren. Sing anyway. You do have something to sing about. Yes, you do. There's always something to sing about when you've got God on the inside. Amen. You've got something to praise God about. You got to sing before it happens. That's what those people did in Numbers. They sang before the water came. And the water did come. God fulfilled His promise. He was up to the promise. He wasn't worried about the desert. He knew where the aquifers were, way down deep. He knew He could bring a well in the middle of the desert. He put them there. He put them there. That's right. They were there. Those aquifers were there hundreds of years before they come tromping through the desert. Same is true for us. Uh, you read last week about... Elijah, or maybe it was Wednesday night, read about Elijah going to the brook. That brook had been there the whole time. Elijah just hadn't been there yet. Yeah. Right. 
Sometimes we come to situations and we say, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the answer is. That's just because you haven't been there yet. You haven't experienced it yet. But he says, sing to your problem. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. That's what those women were worried about because the women who were married and all that, they had children. And they were looking at themselves, comparing themselves among themselves, and they said, I'm just, I'm just desolate. I'm just desolate. But he says, oh, more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. What he's saying is he's got something in store for us that we don't even have an idea about. That's right. He's got riches available for us that we hadn't tapped into. He's got gold in the ground we hadn't dug earth to find yet. He's got abundant riches and He will give abundantly above all that we can ask or think if we but have faith to claim it and sing it. Oh, I love preaching and I love singing. Y'all know that. And the the older I get, the more preaching I love than the singing. But... There is proper use of praise and worship to God to access the holy in our life. Yes, amen. And there are times where I'm by myself and I can't have somebody come preach to me. Preaching saves you. Preaching brings you to to the Lord. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I remember what I said. What's the opposite of faith? It's doubt. So if faith comes by hearing the word, then that means doubt comes by not hearing. hearing. And some of us get in church and we don't hear what's being told to us. Or maybe we're reading the word and we're flipping the pages and we're going through the chapters, but we ain't hearing what God's got to say to us. Jesus said in the book of Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear. They tell, the, they tell the elementary kids, turn your ears on. Turn your hearing on. Listen. Hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. And there's been time I've been driving or I've been alone by myself or whatever. And, and I don't know what's going on. But the Lord will give me a song. And He'll give me a sweet song. And it'll be right what I need. Like you just said. I'm living on the mountain. And you don't know. I, you might be in the valley. But you're singing about the mountain. Yes. Because you know God's going to bring it to you. So he says, listen to this. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Yes. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not. Lengthen the cords. And strengthen the stakes. You know what that's saying? You need to prepare... For God to fulfill His promise. Enlarge your tent. You will have a big family. Enlarge your tent. Get longer cords to hold it down. Get stronger stakes to hold it down. You've got to claim the promise. Uh, You know, old folks used to say, uh, pray for rain and carry an umbrella. That's right. Yeah? Meaning it ain't raining yet, but I'm waiting on it. Because I expect God to do it. Elijah did it. He prayed for rain and he said, you better hurry up and get off the mountain. Because it's about to be an abundance of rain. That's right. 
That's right. He told he, when he was up there on the mountain and he was preparing for the for the fire of God to fall. He didn't want to just let the fire of God fall. He wanted to prove to them beyond the shadow of a doubt. Right. He wanted to let the unexplainable become undeniable. Amen. Because fire coming down, well, that could you could say, well, that's just lightning. Lightning did that. Well, any old fire wasn't going to do what God was going to do. When he put put all those barrels of water, 12 barrels of water, all around that altar, it said the water just ran out of the trench. It soaked everything. You don't wet. I mean, you can't light wet wood. No, you can't. You go try it. Ain't going to happen. But God did it. Yes, he did. He answered by fire. Yes, he did. And he consumed all the water. And he consumed that soaking wood. And he consumed that sacrifice. And Elijah didn't have to pray all day and cut himself and make a great show of faith. All he said was, Lord, show yourself for your glory. Just show yourself to these people, these ignorant people. And show your glory. Show them who the true God is. Do it. Do it for you. Do it for you. That's the Lord telling me I need to hush. I've preached my voice out. <clears throat> so he says, enlarge the place of that tent. Got to prepare. Got to prepare. Plan for it. Plan for your blessing. Yes. Plan for your deliverance. You got to walk around knowing that God's going to do it. Amen. That Shunammite woman told Elisha, she said, I'm, I've only got a little cruise of oil and a little, little meal and we're going to make a cake and we're going to die. That was what she was planning for. That's the facts. That was the facts. Right. Yeah. That was the facts. But he said, do it anyway. Do it anyway. In faith. And she stepped out in faith against all the facts. Against what she knew to be true. And look what God did in her life. It said the barrel never ran dry. Cruise of oil never ran dry. Never failed. Verse 3. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand. And on the left, Amen. and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. See, now it's not just about you being desolate. He not only renews the barrenness, gets rid of the barrenness in your own life, but it spills over in everybody else. That's right. He says now they're desolate cities. They're going to be affected because of your faith. That's right. <laughs> oh, thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. That's what God can do, folks. I've run out of time. I want to tell you, though, that <clears throat> this is what faith can do in your life. Faith can right. do this. If you will allow faith to work, That's right. you can speak to the mountain. And you know, when you speak to that mountain, ain't nobody ever seen a mountain fall into the sea. I hadn't. But I have seen, you know, those cliffs you know, crumble and fall into the sea. I've seen parts of them. Well, how do I know that's not a mountain in God's definition? Who am I to tell God what a mountain is and what's not? Okay? He just said, speak to it. And let Him work it out. Just speak to it. And let Him figure it out. But you've got to go to Him in expectation that what He promised, He will fulfill. That's the promise of God in our life. He's not a God who is slack concerning His promises. He's not slack concerning His promises. But He is full able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. We've got to believe it. We've got to claim it. We've got to expect it. 
We got to sing to it. We got to praise God for it. Lord, I'm praising you for my deliverance, even though I hadn't seen it yet. I'm praising you for what you're going to do, even though you hadn't done it yet. You might be working behind the scenes, and I don't know. I don't know. While Jonathan was in that battle with the Philistines, those bees were making honey. And then he come out, and he was he was needing some sustenance, and there it was, dripping from the tree. They've been working the whole time. You don't know what God's doing behind the scenes. You don't know what God's working on while you're asleep. He's always awake. You don't know what God's doing in somebody that maybe you got a problem with, or in your job, or you got issues with, or in your relationship. You don't know what God's doing on every hand. He's always working. We just have to have faith that He can fulfill His promises. Amen. And we can do that this morning. Let's all stand and...